Discipline and consistency separate the good from the great. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Millionaire Woman show. And if you're first time here, welcome. We're grateful to have you here. We talk about life, leadership, and business. And today I have a special guest. And Jessica Ambre has been the creative director at Tulip Media Group for over seven years. She is a story brand certified guide who works with her clients, client partners to craft the brand identities into compelling stories with clear and consistent marketing messages. Jessica is also Google Ad certified and takes the lead on keyword strategies and research for all the digital marketing programs. Jessica is co-author to the international book, which I have in my hot hands here, Double Sales, Zero Sales People, Optimize Your Sales and Marketing in One Business Development Strategy That Works. And uh, welcome to the show, Jessica. I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So I have to tell you, I was, um, it was, uh, I got the book and I have a Tim Hortons not far from my home. And I was like, you know what? I'm just getting out of my house because it seemed like everywhere I turned, somebody needed something. So I was like, okay, I need need to get out of here and dive into this book. So me and a highlighter and a pen uh, took off to Tim Hortons and I got drawn right in. And one of the stories that jumped out to me right from the very beginning is that tables are turned. And, you know, we think that things are functioning well and when it comes to business mindset. But what I realized, and and I had read it somewhere else before, is sometimes you have to just take the poker table and throw things up in the air, let the chips fall, and trust yourself to know that it's going to work out. And I would love for you just to tell us about that experience and sharing a little bit more about that story before I dive into more questions about you and Tulip Media Group and everything like that. Absolutely. So uh, it it gets back to a quote that my co-author Andy Biting always says, sometimes you have to destroy something that's good and pursue something that's great. And while we had a functioning business, we woke up one day and said, something is wrong. Our cost of acquisition is $40,000. We were spending thousands and thousands of dollars on cold calls, trade shows, talking to people who weren't raising their hands with the problems that we were trying to solve. And we just realized we had to do something different. So like you said, we flipped the table overnight and we started doing marketing different. And within a few months, our cost of acquisition was down from 40,000 to 4,000. It was a scary time. It's sometimes uncomfortable, but like you said, you have to trust your gut and you have to go with what you think is going to be great for your business. Yeah. And there's a quote that the book starts with by Deepak Chopra, all great changes are preceded by chaos. And that chaos involved deciding to slash a bunch of the sales team. And I was just like, wow. But what made sense was that the marketing group 
was already doing a lot of the selling by sharing what it means to the customer and why it was so important and the compelling stories that drew people in. And that's what we realized what was wrong. Our sales and marketing team weren't working together. Now, our book is saying double sales, zero salespeople. We're not advocating for you to slash your sales team like we did. That was a big move that we had to make as a company. What we're asking you to do is look at your business development strategy differently and ask yourself, is there a better way that you can build a machine that's going to be better automation, that's going to convert faster, and that your team is just so much leaner and stronger? And it's interesting because, you know, there is a part where Milan Kundra is famous for saying business has only two functions, marketing and innovation. And a strong business starts by producing new products and services and adding value to customers' lives and leveraging marketing to spread the word and grow the sales. So the marketing part, you know, is a system that needs to connect with everybody else. Cause I know that there's still salespeople. However, they are utilized in a different way. And that's where that innovation comes through. And I would love Jessica for you just to speak about, you know, we have a lot of businesses right now. I'm in Alberta and I know you're in New Brunswick and in the U.S., North America in general, I know that people are anticipating a recession and, you know, very concerned about their businesses. And it depends on the industry because some industries have really grown during this challenging time. And there are some industries that are like losing their passion or losing their footing. What would be something that your company or just, you know, and I know it's kind of blindside without being able to see the company themselves, but what would be two to three tips that you would tell a company that, you know, is, wondering, should I call it quits? Or should, is there a shakeup that I need to do that I could still revive and live out this passion I still had? Yeah. And it's looking at your passion in your business. So where are your people best suited is probably the best advice I could give you. Um, I never saw myself as a salesperson. I never saw myself selling and doing demos, but this is what I do day in and day out. I do Google ads. So when I'm on a call with a prospective client talking about Google ads, I'm selling to them, but this is something I'm passionate about. So I'm able to get through my enthusiasm. They get excited. I can talk the talk where usually the salesperson doesn't know that in behind the scenes of Google ads. So look at your business development strategy. Maybe your salespeople are better off as closers. Maybe they're better off as introduction calls look at your business development strategy and make sure that your marketing and sales are working together. We see a lot of times that marketing is giving leads to sales and then the expectations are different in messaging. We see a lot of the times that sales is saying, you gave me 10 leads, but they're not that good. That type of communication needs to happen. So look at your two departments, make sure that that communication is happening and make sure that people are excited at where they are in the sales funnel and stage. Yeah. Because, you know, I think it's also true that people leave companies when they don't feel like they're being utilized to their fullest. So if they're strong in one area, why not allow them to be a specialist in the clothes or the specialist in getting the leads? Because that's where they're, you know, it's like a game. And when we gamify some of the things that we do, it, it is something that makes it more fun 
makes it uh, taking on the challenges easier. And one of the things that you mentioned, because communication is one of the most important critical strategies, as you have it here in the book, of staying competitive. And when you get marketing right, the rest often falls into place. What drew you, just to hear some of your personal story, what drew you to the world of marketing? I love marketing just because you're able to enact emotion into people using words and images. And I love being able to A-B test and see what makes people buy at the end of the day. I love consulting and helping other businesses grow that their success is our success. Sounds cheesy, but it's true. So I love marketing and everything that comes with it. That's why I love design as well, because design is also part of marketing. I love HR because how people and how you interact with people is very interesting in terms of marketing, where that comes from. So I've always grown up with that love of marketing. I've always grown up with that entrepreneurship spirit, and I can't see myself doing anything else, honestly. Can you share a story where you decided to change something up in one of your marketing strategies and what the outcome was when you tested it? Yeah. So I think you're talking about the website. Um, We realized our Google ads weren't converting well. And one of the things that Tulip Media does very well is print, uh, print marketing, which is custom magazines and newsletters. And on our website, we realized that we were doing PPC advertising or Google advertising for magazines. But the first thing you saw on a mobile screen when you went to that landing page was newsletter marketing. So we realized very quickly that our messaging wasn't lining up with what we were trying to sell. So when people were clicking on that ad, they saw newsletters, but in reality on our desktop, we were seeing magazines. So it like, we've always said, it comes down to making sure your messaging is aligned, but also A-B testing everything. So if you do something on your desktop screen, make sure it looks the same on your mobile because you'd be surprised making that one little tweak can do for your business. I believe we went from one lead a week, just switching those two things on that landing page to one lead a day. So little things like that can really impact your business. And that's why you have to always stay on top of your marketing and optimize it. That's fascinating. I think, you know, we take for granted that if we do it on the desktop, it's going to automatically look good on the mobile and it it can have pictures all over the place, words cut off, so many different things. And when, when you're helping people with their websites or even in the ads, what is the most important thing that people need to pay attention to in the messaging? Mm-hmm. So this goes back to, we are a story brand certified agency. So if anybody's read Donald Miller building a story brand, you'd be very familiar with this term story brand. And what it means as an agency to be certified is that we're really good at creating messaging that's going to convert at the end of the day. So when we're doing a website, we always keep in mind that what is the problem our visitors are having and what solutions are we bringing to the table? So as a business, for example, If you're an insurance agency selling business insurance in the first three to five seconds, I want you to be able to tell me as a visitor that you sell business insurance, how it helps my business survive and thrive and what that call to action is going to be. A lot of businesses miss out on having a call to action on their page. And that's really an important key factor that you might be missing. What would be 
you know, there's different lead magnets. I know that people have, sometimes it's a one page report. Sometimes it's a mini course, even what, what are you finding most effective right now? People love engagement. So if people aren't ready to buy from you, having these little mini downloads are very important on your site. So we've seen probably the most successful are quizzes. Now, if you're B2C, coupons are a big thing. Everybody loves saving money, especially in this economy. Um, for B2B, we see quizzes, we see downloads, because at the end of the day, you want to get their emails. So not only having this free download on your site or this free quiz on your site, making sure you're capturing that email as well so that you can nurture them in future campaigns that you might want to run. Thanks for that. Because I know I've changed it up. And that's the one thing that I, I don't know if people realize that you could be changing up your lead magnet more frequently to understand what's working, what's not working, and um, being able to do some of those tests. Yeah. And as long as you're adding value, there's nothing wrong with like you just said, testing out what's working. Do, every single landing page on your site could have a different lead magnet. Yeah. And I think that's something that people also maybe don't pay attention to, but I've started um, looking at that myself, is that when you go to a website, you're, you're coming into people's websites from different places. Mm-hmm. You might not be on the home page. You might be drawn into the about page and that lead magnet should be available or that call to action should be available on almost every single page so that people can um, navigate and get some of those, that value right away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So in the book, you talk about something called BANT, and it's an approach that you recommend incorporating to the sales process. Can you tell us about a little bit about what BANT stands for and what it involves? Yep. So B stands for budget. So do they have the budget to for your service or product? Uh, A is authority. So is the person that's going to sign the contract or make the decision about working with you on the call with you? N is the need. Do they actually need your product? Because this can create some quick churn in your business if they don't actually need your product. And T is timeline. So what is their timeline for starting their service or using your product? So it's really important, for example, for Tulip Media, when we're on a call or a demo, that we have the CEO on the call because they're the ones that's going to be signing off on the marketing program that we're suggesting. We have to make sure that they have the budget to work with us, that they have the monthly retainer that we usually have because we don't want to waste their time. And we want to make sure that their expectations are met from what they saw on our website. We want to make sure that the timeline makes sense for them. So if they come to us saying, hey, we need this print magazine by next month, we're going to say, well, this usually takes about five weeks. If you need it by next month, that's not going to work. So making sure that that makes sense well in need. I touched on that a little bit. Does this program make sense for them? So we want to make sure at Tulip that we're not selling something that they don't need. That just doesn't sit right with us. So Deborah, if you came to us and said, listen, I really think I need um, email newsletters. And we're like, Deborah, you're doing great in your email newsletter. You don't need our help on this. What you actually need is X, Y, Z. So we want to make sure that we're meeting your need and not just selling you something because we want to turn you into a long-time customer and not someone who's going to say, I don't need you after a month. Right. And I think that's, which leads me into my next question, um, discovering your core customer and optimizing that customer journey. Donald Miller um, 
the building a story brand, which you mentioned, he said, if you can confuse, you lose. So, and understand the benefits of working with you fully and being able to interact with you each stage of the process. So how do you help people discover their core customer and how they should be taking that approach so they're not confusing people? So it goes back to the story brand framework and doing an exercise with all of our clients before we even start their program. So when they first start their program as part of the orientation call, we sit down with them for an hour and we ask them questions on who is your character? So are they a CEO? Are they a marketing director? And we really dive into, it's kind of similar to a buyer's persona for those listening, but we really dive into your their character. We really discover what their problem is. So for example, Tulip Media's problem is most of the time the people we're working with are, they're spending too much time and money on marketing that's not working. We're providing that solution in our, our messaging. We're showcasing the guide. We're showcasing a plan. We're looking at the call to actions and we're looking at success and failure. And failure can sometimes scare people in their messaging, I know. Mm-hmm. But it's a very important thing to agitate in your messaging. Not too much. You don't want to scare them off with too much failure in your messaging. But something to showcase in your messaging just to remind them why they're on your site and why they need to interact with you. Right. And- To go back to Don's quote there, if you confuse, you lose. It's so true. You have three to five seconds to capture someone's interest on your site. So if you have very ambiguous messaging or what we call the curse of knowledge, using terms and verbiage in your marketing that you know, but your consumers don't, you're going to lose that customer. So can you have more than one character? Like I know sometimes they call it the avatar, the character but sometimes when I think people are defining that custom, customer base, they're like, well, all, I have all these different clients. They all come from different backgrounds and somebody's 35, somebody's 55. They're different places in their life journey as well. So I'm just curious, how, how do you help people You know, when they say, but there's so many different characters. How, how do I narrow this down? And that's where you have to have different brand scripts or different um, kind of roadmaps for each problem that you're trying to solve for your characters. So if I'm a pet lover, which I am, and I have a dog and a cat, I might have two different messaging. So I might have something for an overweight cat and I might have something for a dog who needs a shiny coat. So there's two different messaging Mm -hmm. that we have to have there. And as a company, like you said, you have to realize that, that you might need different messaging on different landing pages. And this is more simple. Someone can explain the buying process. Like people say, make it easy for your customer to buy from you, right? Because I think sometimes when people put together the steps, they get it so complicated that those steps should be probably less than seven to, you know, take people through that journey so they know what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we're big fans of automation. So in B2B, we love things like Calendly, HubSpot bookings, because People don't have to waste time trying to think, when can I talk to these people? They can just click my calendar and see what's available. Or there's restaurant apps now that you can use to book time at restaurants. If you can make it convenient for your buyers to buy from you, that's when you win. Mm -hmm. And you don't always need an app or anything to do that, but you can integrate some of those resources into your website or into your services. So you make it easy. Absolutely. So 
how about researching your competitors and really understanding your industry, especially with trending? What do you recommend people do to, you know, really get an understanding of what's going on in the marketplace? Absolutely. So this is something we also do in the orientation stage. So we look at your messaging, but we do a competitive and keyword analysis. And this is important because we kind of want to know what are people typing into Google to find your competitors? We want to kind of peek behind the curtain and say, okay, um, this is how people are finding XYZ company. And this is the terms that I need to be using or the verbiage that I need to be using. So um, one of the free resources that we use is Google Keyword Planner. Any business can use that. And why it's so powerful is not only is it good for the story brand messaging, but if you're doing Google ads, those are the terms that you need to know. And a great example of that is why it can be so important is we work with a lot of insurance agencies and they sell commercial insurance. And some listeners are going, well, what's that? That's just business insurance. Business insurance is searched 10 times more than commercial insurance. So the term we need to be using in our messaging and in our Google ads is actually business insurance, not commercial insurance, which is what a lot of producers and the insurance agencies use. So it's realizing little stuff like that really helps out your messaging, but it also helps out your return on investment for any paid ads that you're doing. And it's, you know, jargon, because every industry has jargon. I have a background in healthcare. And if I started talking to people in the, that jargon, they're not necessarily going to understand that everything that I'm saying, um, because, you know, some of them have Latin roots and all, all of those things. And the same thing, like you said, for industry, what are people exactly looking for? And, you know, people, and I remember this was years ago when I first started blogging, one of my friends said, you know, blogging's dead, don't do blogging. Yet, I really don't feel that, that that's a place that's dead. Um, most online, most magazines who that have moved online are using that format. So when, when you mention in the book about credibility increases also with growing number of backlinks, can you explain to our audience, in case they don't know, what a backlink is and how it builds that credibility? Yep. So a backlink on is when your link or your URL is on someone else's site. That's the best way to explain that. And why it's important is it because it tells Google that you're more credible in the subject matter. So for example, um, those insurance agencies, so insurance in Ontario, I'm just going to keep it a Canadian here, insurance in Ontario, if your link, if you're an insurance agency and your link is on a whole bunch of Ontario insurance associations, or people are talking about you on their website, that's more credible in Google's eyes. So you're, instead of being on page two or three, maybe you're on page one because of those backlinks. Right. And how about developing keyword strategies? Because I think some of the tools that are available to us is, you know, that there's keywords available to through using Google keywords. Um, I know for video format, I also use like a vid IQ to help some keywords that are certain the, the way they're searched. Um, what are other things that people can use for keyword strategies or to boost the SEO? So for keyword strategies, also for SEO, if you're blogging in particular, making sure you're using your header and meta description. So if, if listeners don't know what that is, when you go into Google and you type something in, you see a title and then you see a little description. That's what I'm talking about, the header and meta, uh, meta description. So making sure those are optimized and with keywords too, it's just, what is the purpose 
of the main purpose of that article. So making sure that that's the keyword you're resonating your whole article around. And I mean, you can use Instagram, you can do hashtag research on Instagram. There's Google Keyword Planner, there's SEMrush. So there's a lot of resources out there that allows you to not only look up keywords, but also to optimize. There's SEO free review tool that we use quite often too. So there's a lot out there that are just at the one search away that people can use. Yeah. And I think that, you know, working with a company like Tulip Media, you have an opportunity to walk through and learn that whole process and really optimize your website. What would be two or three key things that people, when they're developing their website or they're reviewing their website, because you probably should do that on, would you say every three months, six months? And what are the three things that you automatically look for that people should be looking at, at on their websites? Yeah. So the three things I look for is, is it fast? Is it responsive? So when I mean by fast, sorry, I'll go back. Is it fast? Does it load in uh, about three to five seconds? Even less is better. But um, we're sometimes impatient as human beings. So we got to make sure that our site is keeping up with, um, with what we're trying to find. Um, is it responsive? So going back to desktop versus mobile for Tulip Medium and most of our, all of our clients, 80% of our visitors on our site are mobile. So we have to make sure that everything looks the same. Goes back to what we were talking about earlier, newsletters versus magazines weren't, were showing differently on mobile versus desktop and we were losing conversions that way. And the third thing is always make sure your messaging, especially in the header, makes sense and you, people can understand what you're doing. Right. So how often should be people or businesses or individuals be creating content to ensure that their website is fresh? So you said someone said blogging is dead to you. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. They're still very, very important to your business. And the reason for that is because you're organically trying to tell Google that you're an expert in the subject matter. So you can pay for your way to the top of the Google's first page. Or you can write a lot of content and get yourself there organically, which takes time, but it is still very important for you to do. Um, I would advocate for blogging all day and every day. And a great, if someone's just starting out in blogging, a great frequency is maybe starting out once a month, just being very consistent with that and making sure your content is valuable and original. Great. No, it was when, when they said it to me, I said, no, 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 no. I think, I think I'm onto something. <laughs> this was years ago. And the next thing I knew they were blogging. So I was like, hmm, I wonder where that came from. <laughs> so when it comes to, you know, we're optimizing and you talk a lot about automating, what are, what is one thing that people can start automating that would be easy? So if anybody's using a magazine, uh, um, uh, email newsletter or email system, you can automate that. If someone fills out your form, it automatically gives them an email right to their inbox. Um, there's a lot of different automations. It's different for every industry. Sometimes it's a Calendly booking like we were talking about. Sometimes it is just making things easier on your site, having a better customer journey. So instead of them having to go through five steps to get to talk to you, maybe there's only one or two. Um, 
it's very dependent on what industry you're in, but there is a lot of different automations on what you can do for your business to make it easier for not only you, but your end customer. And when it comes to attracting visitors, because people, you know, can find others randomly, might be through a social media channel, might be finding a blog because they were searching something. What is the best way to start attracting visitors through Google? So it goes back to that keyword strategy. If you're trying to uh, attract visitors through Google, know what your visitors are searching for. So for example, um, we have a fire truck manufacturer with us fire truck manufacturer in Canada. That's what people are searching for. Now we don't want to be too ambiguous with our keywords because people are searching for fire trucks all day, every day. And they're sometimes looking for toys. So we have to be mindful of that in our keyword strategy, but we have to be very mindful that, um, what we're trying to do on Google is the results that we're in the people we're trying to get. And that's important because, you know, when you, when you think of fire trucks, I, I wouldn't know that people are looking every day for a fire truck, right? And, you know, like you said, it could be toys and it could, you know, you will see everything from costumes to who knows what. So being very, and this is where that language is important, right? Um, knowing the hashtags that are important. You know, I've been hearing everything from, you know, do we put hashtags, you know, 30 of them, or do you put 10? Is, is there a certain, like the algorithm is constantly changing, um, what do you recommend when people, cause they can get overwhelmed when they think, okay, the algorithm's changing. What should I do differently on my social media platforms to ensure that I am upfront? I'm seen. My biggest, um, thing that I recommend is don't panic. Things do change every day. And what I usually do in cases like this is I'll change one thing. I won't change everything. So I can kind of see what those results are from that one little change, that one little tweak. So always be optimizing, but just slow down in that optimization that I like to make one change on our Google ads account once a week. So I know if it's a, if I have a negative conversions those week, it's because I made that change. I know how to undo it. So right. make changes. Absolutely. But don't just flip everything. Because if you do too many changes, you're not even going to know which one was effective. Correct. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to ask when, when it comes to what you do, what would be the most recommended strategy to move forward when you feel like, you know, when, when we talked about marketing and when we're looking at innovation, Mm -hmm. Just wanted to touch on innovation for a minute that people might have been in business for a while and they know that some things have become stagnant. What would be one of the first places that they should look at to kind of start looking at innovating and doing things a little bit differently? Mm -hmm. So look at your business development strategy as it is. I want you to sit down, look at your steps and say, how many steps does our customers need to take to get to the sale? And then start looking at each of those steps and kind of audit them saying, okay, how many people are involved in this step? And there might not be a lot of people involved in these steps. Maybe your audit, maybe there needs to be more. So look at your steps, audit them and just say, okay, maybe Jessica's better in the demos instead of being a closer because she doesn't like talking about contracts. Maybe Erica's better here because she's really bubbly and a people person. So look at each step of your business development strategy and kind of ask yourself, 
where should we make this change and who's the best person to be in these steps? Okay. Very good. So Jessica, what I want to get a little bit personal as well. When you think about the work you do, can you share a story with us where you've helped somebody do one or two tweaks, like a case study, and suddenly that they've seen a shift in how their business is running or how their social media, or is they're starting to get feedback from people, direct messages? Mm-hmm. Um, can you share a little bit of a story with us? Yeah. So we work with a lot of insurance agencies, as I mentioned, and we have one insurance agency in BC and um, they came to us saying, listen, this is how much we're spending on marketing right now. And we're not seeing any results. We get about 300 contact forms a month. What can you do to help us? So we sat down with them and we went through their messaging. We went through their Google ads and said, you don't need to spend any more money. We're actually going to recommend you spend less money on Google, but we can, we're very certain that we can get you um, double the results you're getting right now, which was 300 contact forms a month. So we went in, we did the story brand methodology on their site. We rewrote their whole messaging and we tweaked a few things in their Google ads. They weren't targeting the right people. They weren't targeting the right locations. They were using ambiguous terms like just Mm. insurance and they weren't selling certain types of insurance people were actually searching for and finding their Google ads. So right. we tweaked those few things. And with a few months, they went from 300 contact oh. forms to 800 and they didn't spend more money. They spent actually less. So that validation of having optimized Google ads, but also having a website that converts faster was amazing to see. And yeah. I remember I talked to them one time. They're like, we have had to hire two more people just to take on these leads. <laughs> we have to- Band now. Um, we want to actually spend more money and get better results. Now yeah. Our wise there. So that's the biggest compliment as a marketer that they say that. Um, and we've had a lot of those anecdotal stories. Our fire truck manufacturer, um, he says to me on a regular basis, he's like, you can't send me any more leads. I can't take it. <laughs> I'm like, that's perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. He gets about, a, about one to three leads a week. And he likes that because every lead is worth about a quarter of a million dollars. So he's not looking for 20 leads a week. He's looking for yeah. really good ones because that's also what they can produce um, right. as a manufacturer. So he's comfortable with that. And I love hearing him say, I can't take on any more leads, Jess. You need to stop. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, because he wants it manageable, right? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, so that's fantastic. So we're coming in near the end of the interview, but I wanted to ask you what book has influenced you other than the one you helped write, of course, but what book has influenced you in the way you do business, the way you, um, you know, deal with customers and optimize? So building a story brand, we mentioned that one. Um, I love no rules, rules for leadership. If anybody's read that by Reed Hastings. Um, I just love how he structured the company, how everybody was autonomous and could make their own decisions. Um, I love Get Different by Mike Michalowicz. There's, I'm a huge reader, so I could go on about this. Um, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Maybe what I'll do is I'll get you to uh, message me some of those titles and I'll make sure I put them um, in our show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. And finally, what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? When you're excited about something, when you are passionate about something, 
it makes your job. It's not even a job to me. It's just a, just what I do every day. So it makes you just be more fulfilled. Um, I work from home. So when my kid comes home at five, like I know I can turn things off and spend time with her. So it's just, it makes your work-life balance that much easier when you're passionate about what you're doing. Awesome. Awesome. And how can people stay in touch with you and work with you? Um, would love for you to share with us a little bit more about how to connect with you. Absolutely. So if listeners want to learn more, get the book or talk to me for free, they can visit tm.media forward slash double sales. And again, you can get a free chapter of our book. You can buy the book or you can schedule a free call with me and we can talk about anything and everything marketing. Awesome. You make it easy. <laughs> um, I want to thank you for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. Again, you know, we we talk about different principles. We, we talk about life and all of these things happen in life, leadership and business. Um, it, you know, in our daily lives, we're selling to each other on a regular basis. We're marketing in how we dress and connect with people. And same thing in leadership. You know, when things aren't working, sometimes we need to change things up. And I love learning that all these strategies, skill sets are all transferable across the board. So again, here's the book, Double Sales, Zero Sales People, Optimize Your Sales and Marketing. And you can do that through that business development strategy that actually works. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Jessica. Um, thank you for joining us here. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening here to The Millionaire Woman Show. You can pop over to my website as well at www.debrakasowski.com. That's Kasowski with an S, K-A-S-O-W-S-K-I, where you're going to get your free 10-page Reset Your Mindset article so that you can, if you feel like you're going off track, you can give it a read anytime and it will give you tips and strategies to get you bang right on track again. As Mahama Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And as always, go out and make today great.